Happy New Year, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch and recap television shows uh, we really enjoy, and talk about how the themes, concept, and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and joining me is my co-host, Afif, who is currently giving his uh, best Marine friend an awkward hug. Best Marine friend. Oh! Kobe. Kobe and Luffy's awkward hug. Definitely unresolved oh. sexual tension there, too. What was the name of... Who's that other guy? Like, the, the spoiled son. What's his name? Oh, like, um... Pella Mempolio or something. The Axe Hand's son. Yeah, Axe Hand Morgan's kid. Uh, I did have it up previously. Let me just see Helmepo. Helmepo, there we go. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Helmepo. Yeah. That's that a, a name. Between, between him and Kobe as well. Yeah, Kobe's got a lot of ships going on. For well, I guess he's a marine. Ha! Maybe even, maybe even Kobe and Garp. You know, I can see that. Yeah, that that I can see that. I'm a little creeped out by that, but because yeah, it's that like that whole yeah. yeah, that one's problematic. Um, but it's there. I'm not saying it's not there. It's like that's what four ships for Kobe. Yeah, and Kobe I and mean, that transponder snail. Like woo. that's right. Woof with those with those um, that mustache on him. Wow. That's uh, okay. Now I'm disturbed. Uh, we are talking about uh, One Piece 2023 from Netflix, in episode eight, Worst in the East, in which the Straw Hat crew strives to take down Arlong and the Fishman once and for all. After a tense family reunion, Luffy inches closer to his dreams. So, yeah, this is uh, the episode where it all comes to a head, and everything happened remarkably quickly until the end, when everything happened remarkably slowly, uh, in my opinion. There was the awesome, yes. <laughs> awesome fighting where they raided Arlong Park and, like, took down Arlong. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then there was, like, a little bit of a party and then Garb showed up and there was an awesome fight between him and Luffy. I was like, yeah, cool. And then there was an ending. And then there was another ending. And then there was another ending. And I had Return of the King flashbacks uh, until the very end. And um, I was like, all right, there's a guy and he doesn't like Luffy. The end. Did I lose anything? Oh, I'm sorry. The, um, the re- resolution of the Garp hunting him storyline was that it's all a test. And he's really glad that Luffy's decided to follow his goals and not ever give in. So he's going to let him go and be a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, again, I think there's a lot of stuff that makes sense. I think it makes sense in anime. Um, sure. It did feel a bit like D&D where... So in a lot of, like, movies and stuff, you have, like, that epic finale and it's like, oh, you killed the bad guy and then there's... Maybe there's, like, a ten months later, you know, what's been happening. Um, but then in D&D, it's a lot more kind of logistical, right? It's like, after the thing's done, it's like, okay, well, we've got to get out of the dungeon, you know, who's carrying the loot? And it becomes, like... There's always, like, an extended end sequence, I feel like, with D&D. Um, Do you But that's maybe because that? campaigns... Well, I think because with campaigns, you're like, you finish an arc and then there's like another arc. So there's always loose ends to tie up. So for me, this felt like the ending of a, of a D&D arc. This is what my arcs look like when they end, essentially. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. I certainly have the endings of arcs, but I try to make sure that everything's connected and tied up because of that. Like, I give that opportunity like a, a JRPG where you can wander around the world map before the final boss. Um, and like kind of finish off all those side quests because once you enter that final dungeon 
final disc bosk. Like, you're not going to get in a chance to do it all again. No new game plus for me. Um, but yeah, I see what you mean, that after... D&D is very much about after the final boss as well, just as much as it is about getting to the final boss and beating the final boss. You need to... This is a, a story of them, and stories don't necessarily end... You want a happily ever after, you don't want... And they beat him, the end. Yeah. I'm thinking there are films that do really well, something like Speed. Like, that's a good example because, okay, that ends with them. They defeat Dennis Hopper. They kiss the end. But it's also the entire premise of that is there's a bomb on this bus. Like, yeah. there's not much more to the movie than that. Like, as soon as the bomb's gone, you're real, all the rest of that stuff, that's the, that's the denouement. That's when you're reading on borrowed time. Wait, which part of... Okay, maybe I'm not following. You're miss, You're not missing Speed at all. Uh, you haven't seen Speed. No, I love Speed. But I, I think because Speed has like two endings. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. got two endings. Okay. Yeah. But when it ends, it just ends. Oh, wait, maybe I'm like confusing the end with Broken end. Arrow. Yeah. Well, actually, Broken Arrow does the same thing. The Broken Arrow has got like, hey, there's a big not, explosion of the bad guy. Arrow. Okay, so you're missing out because Broken Arrow Let's is amazing. It's John Woo. <laughs> Let's talk about speed. But that's the thing that there's a big explosion. The train comes out and they're just lying there laughing. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. All right, cool. I'm not going to take the bus anymore. The end. Well, the first ending is like they get off the bus. Yeah, they get they off the solve, bus. They solve the bus problem. But then it's they like, solve the bus oh, problem. There's, there's the Dennis Hopper problem. Yes, but he's the villain that no. they have to beat. He's the big boss at the end of the, the thing. Or is he a side quest? Yes. Um, I think he's an optional objective. Okay, interesting. I think that the DM planned for, like, the boss is, like, that's the set piece. And then hmm. if they want to do this, you know, and they, they leave it open, like, oh, they can do it now and they can get that reward of, like, finishing the boss now. But Yeah, or he can come back in a later like, adventure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, in, yeah, in that case, is Garp supposed to be the final boss, or is he the the previous one? That um, is is he the Dennis Hopper, or is he the the bomb on the bus? Garp is very strong. Um, and yes, I think he's, this is true. I don't think he's ever intended for like the players to be able to defeat him. No. Yeah. No, he struck. He does strike me. Strike me as the the Dennis Hopper. That he's he's an optional thing, but they didn't they didn't immediately go. Oh, we better get out of here because Garp's right behind us. So he's like, all right, cool. You get a confrontation with Garp, but you get to find out some story, and he's never going to actually fight him properly. Yeah, I don't think it was optional. I think he was always that was just ne- they were never going to beat him. Essentially, he no, they were never like going to beat him, but yeah. he there was always the option to fight him. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. It's like, it's not about... He was the side quest. If if you ever fight him, he's going to just test you in that way. That he tests... Yeah. He tests um, Luffy. And it's like, that that storyline then wraps up if you fight him. Like, obviously you're going to lose, but it still wraps up. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes Arlong the bomb on the bus. Yes. Arlong is the bomb on the bus. He can't go below 50 miles per hour? 60? That's right. He can't go below 50. Yeah. Yeah. 50 and uh, 55 is is the DeLorean going back in time. 
Or is it 85? Uh. No, 85 is the year. Well, I'm confused now. <laughs> We've gone off the episode very quickly. It, that's all it takes. That's all it takes. One reference to another I think it's franchise. just these... When they, they blend together, these, like, longer... It's hard to remember which one yeah. is which. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to talk about the, the Garp Luffy fight. Because this was a really great sure. example of when you're fighting someone who is just that much more powerful than you. And the defeat doesn't mean you dying. And also your victory doesn't mean the opponent dying. Like, was that a victory for Garp or a victory for Luffy? I think that's a victory for Garp. You reckon? Yes. Because it depends. I think he got what he wanted. Yeah, I think it's win-win, honestly. Yeah. Because Garp got what he wanted. He proved that Luffy isn't just doing this for for shits and giggles. He's doing it because he really believes in it. And Luffy got Garp off his back. Yeah. And you know very- what? They, they can both win. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very interesting to see a situation where neither side was going to back down. And Garp, we kind of like, but there's no real reason for him to be, for him to survive. Like, yeah. there's not a need for him to be around for the story. Yeah. And I thought that was great that they came up with a solution that means neither of them had to kill the other. Hey, the, yeah. just that great line as well. was like, I'm not fighting you, Grandpa. It's like, you've always been fighting me. Like, that's... Yeah. It's not. It hasn't been physical, but that's how he sees it. Like, he's always been pushing back against him. He's always had that conflict. It's like, yeah, that's... You've always had issues. <laughs> Yeah, you've always had issues because so often you see in media, it's like, I can't fight my sister. It's like, no, it's really easy to fight a sibling because they're being <laughs> yeah. a dick sometimes. And sometimes you just yeah, want to smack really them. Easy. Yeah. So it makes more sense to want to fight a sibling sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, I really like that that final fight and the fact that it was kind of that one-on-one. And going back to the idea of one-on-one, because I want to also talk about the the split between i don't know the fishman big boss like the 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 guy who's all like the might of my fishman karate will take you down uh as he takes on both both zoro and sanji yeah and then it it intercuts with luffy and arlong going at it and i thought that was a really yeah, way yeah. interesting well- way of doing a big fight because so often you have like, there's a big monster and everyone just starts piling on it. But I like that idea of you've got two separate areas, you've split the party, but each one is capable of taking on what you've got. But it's like, if it was all, everyone on Arlong, it wouldn't last very long. But if it's just Luffy and it's just them against one other person, I feel like that's a little bit more, you know, push-pull fight could go either way. Yeah, how do you get your players on board with that, though? You separate them. Sure. (laughs) Like, you're the game master, you can do whatever the hell you want. No, No, I feel... Yeah. It's like, particularly if there's, like, a personal element to it, I can easily... Like, let's say if it was Nami instead of Luffy, who was taking on Arlong, like it was a physical fight between those two, I can see Nami's player being very much like, no, no, you go and deal with everyone else. I've got this. And I don't want anyone helping me. 
And so I, I think yeah. one of the reasons we don't... I'm, I'm interrupting you a lot, so... No, no, one no, of the no, reasons no. I, I'm having half thoughts. <laughs> okay. One of the reasons you don't split the parties because you don't want people sitting there just twiddling their thumbs while a big story element happens. And I feel that if it's like two simultaneous combats, that's not as much of a problem because you just roll initiative for everyone. It's just, okay, but you're over there. You can't make it to the others. You can't help. You've got to focus on this guy that's in front of you. And you just do it in the same initiative order. But it's just like you've got two separate areas happening. And I think that's a way where it doesn't feel like, well, the player's just sitting there doing nothing. So they're not going to be running around going, I have to get back over there. It's like, well, okay. No, that's you, a really you, good point. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was a bit thrown off because in the show they're obviously it's like a willing choice right and it's like oh we're yeah. gonna split up and i think it's the players in real life are not likely to do that no well most you of the kind time. of address that yeah yeah i think if you can split the party like if the party does split this is a way of either teaching them don't by having them both run into combat and realize it's tricky or alternatively making it a way of being interesting um for all all concerned yeah because I feel it's very easy to get the balance wrong and have combat go very quickly when you've got four people wailing on one creature. But if you've got two people wailing on one creature, well, that creature's got a bit more of a chance. And especially if it's now suddenly like one creature, like one-on-one, it makes yeah. it a little bit more balanced. I'm still trying to figure out the power levels as well during that fight. Oh yeah, um, it's also I, funny. There's a lot of there's a lot of funny stuff in this episode, because uh, like Zoro's got a sword. You know, yep. like it makes sense if he's cutting people with a sword that they're dying or staying. Down. Yes, Sanji's just kicking him. Like, <laughs> those excuse are me, he's cool. doing like cool yeah. kicks. He's doing kicks that like knock people through walls and shit. I did like his um his like catchphrase or whatever it is. You know, calling out the his finishing moves. He was calling out all these like, I'm assuming cooking terms. I don't know. They were French. Were they? Oh, honestly, even I think even it was Luffy's French. ones. I just kind of tuned out. I couldn't understand a word they were saying. I thought it was like saying baratai gumbo or something. <laughs> Bum I mean, gumbo kick. Pretty much swoop swirl. I don't know what the translations were, but. Yeah, mate, it worked. If he's going to call out his finishing moves, that was pretty cool. Uh, again, more flirting from those two. But I'm I'm willing to allow that because it's like he knocks them down and Zoro just kind of finished them off. Sure. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, like they're working as a team. It's like once they stop moving, Zoro's not above just like stabbing him. Or like That's true. softening yeah. them up so he can deal with finishing blow. But it was a little bit when the villagers were all like, we'll come and help you. We're tired of living in, in the shadow. And Nami's like, no, you'll be destroyed. It's like, yes, that terrifying army of fishmen who were take, taken down by a sword nerd and a waiter. Yeah. Yeah, that's... He's a um, chef. He's... Sure, he's a chef. He's a cook. Yeah. But it's... They weren't that tough, is my point. Like, I know these two are very good, but... yeah. I feel like having the villagers along would have helped a lot as well. 
that's the DM, like, not expecting it. Like, the party's like, oh, what if we rally the villagers to join the fight or whatever? And the DM's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't have, I don't know how to run that combat. Yeah, it's a good thing. Nami's an NPC at this moment. It's uh, just, uh, yeah, it's, no, 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 it's too dangerous too for you all. Yeah. I can't fit all how, these people on the map. I don't have enough minions. How, how would you run that epic combat? Like, not so much just, um, like, two armies or two sides fighting, but just those two warriors going at an entire crew. So we're not counting Usopp in this? No. No, I refuse to count Usopp in anything. <laughs> I, I've yet to see his value, like, what he contributes to the, to the crew, I'll be honest. I mean, he's a good gopher. He got them the ship. Like, that's... Yeah. That's a big deal. And he's really coasting off that, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does have some abilities as a bard. Like, he is supporting them a little bit. And his deception skills are high. Like, you can't argue with that. He did a feigned death really well uh, yeah, that in that final battle. <laughs> but then he just stands up and he's like, cool, now I'm going to hit you again. It's like, all right... Yeah, he announces it as he does so. Yeah, that was... Um, so oh, I did not like that at all. I can... Yeah. I, Do it. Say it. What are you going to say? I, I can't. I can't. I just dislike... I dislike that scene in any way. Like, just even down to the, the explosion of the rum. Like, why did he need to take a drink of it first? He could have just been holding it. It was just very poorly constructed. Yeah. It, for a show that is very ridiculous, that was the spoon feeding the audience that they have been managed to avoid for most of it. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like that bit. But ah well, <laughs> that's fine. I that's what he brings to it. He is the element of surprise. Like he created the spoke bombs. He was able, he has the, the theatrical nature of it. Sure. Like yeah. he knows how to, to create a story. That's kind of the point. But it, there's the other thing about Usopp that really fucking bugged me. When he was telling his story at the end, it wasn't even very good. I think Usopp's like a player who everyone really likes that player at the table yeah but they're just not very good at dnd so the, yeah. the build is not very optimized and all that sort of stuff i i don't know what you're talking about i feel attacked but i don't know why <laughs> uh i want to talk about more of the ridiculousness of it because usopp kind of leans in. oh no we didn't talk about how to run at the adventures they had to run like a big battles oh, big battles sure, sure, sure. um I just jumped over that how would you do it would you do it I, th I mean, like, people come up with, like, homebrew rules and there's stuff like that. Um, yeah. One of the ways you can do it is you just, like, divide the bigger fight into lots of smaller fights, essentially. So, you know, you yeah. run each as a bunch of separate encounters, essentially. It's like, here's this little mm. fight that's happening here. Here's this little fight that's happening there. Um, I, I mean yeah, that's kind of the easy way to do it. I think, or the, the straightforward way in terms of wrapping your head around it. I think that's the most straightforward way. Yeah. I tend to have a couple of different ways. It depends on what the fight is. If it's like part of a bigger battle, like if the villagers had actually come as well, I would have 
done something that I take from um, from the Jack Dragonlance adventure that Wizards of the Coast put out, where it's you have the map, and if you end up anywhere around the edge of the map, something is going to happen, like a stray bolt might hit you or you are pulled into melee with something else. And then occasionally people kind of break free and you just fight them as they like bust through lines or something like that. And that I kind of like, and you just have like random things occur at certain points in the battle. The other option I like to do is something from MCDM, um, which is the idea of minions where these are things that can get taken out with one or two blows really quickly, but then you have something bigger which needs to to occur, and you just have constant waves of these minions coming, so they need to keep dealing with, like, the mooks running up and getting slaughtered, but you also have, like, a big ogre that's just smashing through and, like, really needs a couple of people to take it down. So that's when you have, like, the boss come in, like the, the fish karate dude. Yeah, yeah, You definitely want a variety of, of enemies and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it gets but super d- boring if it's just the same. If it's a lot of, yeah. if it's too much of the same, yeah. But certainly, if you've got a party that can take out like three or four creatures a turn, like even bigger creatures, it's like, well, why not just have them do that? Like, if you've got yeah, three exactly. attacks, each one of those attacks is going to kill someone. But you need to focus. And do you take the hits from the smaller creatures and focus on the big one, and possibly just get drowned out by weight of numbers? Or what, what do you do there? And like suddenly make it more of a tactical decision rather than just, well, I can just stand up and keep going. Yeah. Because I like that idea of just wave after wave after wave of people coming at you. And that feels like an epic battle. Yeah, I think so as well. I don't think I've run a lot of like big fights. I think I end up kind of like, I give, I think... <laughs> What I've done is I've given the party like a bunch of villagers, um, and then <laughs> essentially kill. said, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but essentially given them a quote unquote army of their own. So that way it's like, okay, you've got a bunch of like minions on your side. They have a bunch of minions on their side. So they kind of cancel out, um, and yeah. describe, you know, all the stuff that's happening in the outside, but then the actual, you know, fishermen that are decently strong that can put up a fight. Those are the ones that the party actually goes kind of head to head with. I think that's a good way to do it as well, that make it, make there be a reason. Like, yeah, just imagine that when you're not fight, like every strike that isn't against one of those guys, you're just killing a couple of guys around you because they're charging yeah. and you're just that cool kind of thing. Also, someone charges you and a couple of villagers pull him back. Yeah. But do you describe that in as well? Do you create that sense of it or do you just tell them that's what's happening? I just kind of tell them i think it's just at the start kind of an established thing i don't Mm. really incorporate the rest of the fight that's mostly just me being lazy yeah i do the same thing it's like i'm very lazy in that regard i was like yeah that's what that's what's going on over there just remember that your crew is doing it's like giving the the party a, a um a ship and having them hire crew, but they're the only ones fighting anyone. And always they're like, our crew was useless. They don't do anything. We're in the middle of a battle. And like, all they're doing is just standing watching. It's like, no, no, <laughs> they're doing, they're doing the other, other stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're stopping your like, ship from sinking. It takes like 10 people just to turn the boat around. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the thing. Um, now I want to talk about the ridiculousness of this episode and just how wonderful and amazing it is. 
Yeah. Like the, the line, the line that made me realize we've gone into camp territory is I will avenge my brothers who you have defeated. You will not stand before the might of my fishman karate. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be direct from the anime. And I fucking loved it. And then just when Luffy's like, you made our navigator cry. It's like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to, to beat the shit out of Arlo, Arlong. Um, I don't think the fact that you made Nami cry was the pro- was the real clincher. That's objectively like, the worst thing he's done, yeah. I know, it's great. Luffy's speeches, they feel the exact sort of thing that a player character would come up with. Oh, yeah. He's got, like... It's like, the player doesn't have charisma, but the character no. does, like... The character has mountains of riz. Oh my god. No, it just... Oh, is that felt... what Riz stands for? Did she not know? No, I just... I know... I've heard people say Riz. I didn't know what it stood for. <sighs> oh. That so... I... I... Listeners, dear listeners, mark the date. It is uh, the 3rd <laughs> of January, 2024. And no, I have... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Look, we, we're trying to maintain the illusion. Retain the illusion that we're doing this live. <laughs> If anyone doubted, um, I have taught a thief new young people slang. Just, just throw I mean, that I've out. I've heard the word "riz." I never knew it. You've heard it. You didn't know what it mid- meant, though. Yeah. How did you not yeah, know? But- oh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's what did you think it meant? Yes, it is. That's because children can't spell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, who's so who has the most riz in? Uh, let's let's deal with this one now. Who has the most riz out of this crew? It's like the Gen Alpha like version of the D and D character sheet. You've got like yeah, riz and what other what are the other stats? Um, something to do with yeeting. Sure. Well, let's well, see. This yeet... bit's not going to go anywhere because we don't know enough about <laughs> any of this stuff. Well, you can ye- you eat something to put it away. You bring something closer to you with yoink. So, is strength yoink or yeeting? Yoink? Yeah, yoink. I don't think... As you grab it and it comes close to you. All right, fine. I don't think that's like a, a modern slang thing. It's, it's not, but people use it. Sure. That's, you know what? I'm going to cancel this bit. Let's not do this. Please. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good bit. I've listeners. I've cut out all the bits where you had to convince me to keep it in now, so it's done. No, it's still here. Uh, all right. Um, what was I going to say? Something about about Luffy. Something. Oh yeah. Well, who does have the most riz? Um, I wish it was Sanji, but it's not. Yeah, um, it's not. That's what I was going with. It's like Sanji. Sh- I feel like he's flirting with uh, Najiko at the at the end, and I'm like, why is she not into him? Like, he's into her. He cooks. He cooks good food. And he looks like that. Like, what? Dude. She just doesn't like the accent, I think. I don't think she's into dudes. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, that makes more sense. Sorry. Sorry. The fact that I was like, Saji hit on her and she didn't like it. She must be a lesbian. <laughs> wow. I think that's the most dude bro thing I've said in a while. Um, no, Luffy has the most riz to go back to you earlier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that doesn't try. 
That's right. Yeah, he just has it. People just love him. I think it's because he's authentic. What you see is what you get with him. Everyone loves him. Kobe loves him. Garp loves him. Uh, well, yeah, because they're related. Mihawk. Yeah, Mihawk. the return of Shanks. That was a cute little, cute little scene at the end. I really like that where Mihawk comes up and is like, "Oh, I could take you with one arm tied behind my back." Ha ha ha! Like just Shanks and hey, he's alive. He's just hanging out somewhere. But also the fact that this massive warlord who like kills people for waking him up early is just going to hang out with some guy and have a drink and like talk yeah. for a bit. Like I love this this little camaraderie that they all have. I, yeah, and I like kind of really powerful characters and stuff doing, you know, like mundane little things. Yeah. Well, Zeph and, and Garp were like that in the last episode, where they're just sitting down and talking and talking about the good old days when they used to like be pirates and marines and stuff. Just like, yeah, like we've got respect for each other. We don't do that anymore. But we 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 were there, man. So I I don't know why I really enjoy that trope. That's a good trope. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's just really fun. Um, yeah, and it is a nice little design that it does seem like the new generation of pirates are coming through with Kobe and Luffy. So we're seeing how the old pirates are now reacting to it all. How do you feel um, about generations? I know I've made you turn your mic off and then you've turned it back on just as I started talking again. Uh, how do you feel about generations in an RPG? Um, what, what do you mean exactly? Well, that idea of maybe it was the former characters and you're seeing the new play, oh, yeah. the new characters coming through. And um, maybe yeah, you've got like, like an older character in there. I think one of the things you can do, like ttrpgs really lend themselves to is like the passing of time over longer periods um, yeah that you don't really get from other media but then you also have the issue with like classic fantasy of a lot of races that live for a really long time and then that's sort of a whole whole other dynamic you have to consider yeah i'm certainly coming up that in my game at the moment the world's supposed to be like five thousand years old and I'm looking at a few elves and I'm like, ooh, you guys were around then. Like, yeah. that's a little bit awkward because I want it to be like lost in the past that no one really remembers. And it's like, yeah, my granddad did that sort of feel. Yeah, it gets, a elves r- suck. gets rid of a lot of that like mysticism and it is a really long time as well. Like, and it gets just kind of glossed over and it's it's one of those things where it's hard to to role play it as well like i think it's just i think they they live for too long i'm just gonna say they do look just remove elves entirely that's what i do honestly i find elves boring i'm just gonna that's my controversial take i do have a world i want to run or like create a little bit more stuff for which elves and dwarves are gone like people don't even know they existed oh like Like, there's just ruins and people are like these are old ruins what the hell man like you can find so cool stuff in there, but are there all the other races? Yeah, all the other races are there, like cyborgs and homies. Yes, yes, <laughs> homies are actually the main race, but they call oh. them humies or humans. <laughs> See what I did there? 
Humies, halfies, nomies. Orkies. Wait, I just, I just thought of something. Okay, so there's fishmen, right? Yes. And there's like sheep people and perhaps cat people and like mouse people, but humans are just humans. But one could say that humans are monkey people or ape people. Which in that case is the fact that monkey or Luffy D monkey is called monkey. Did they just name him like kid? Like when you name a dog, dog. You're looking way too into this. Am I? Am I? Or are you not looking deep enough? Uh, No, the first one. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's usually how it is. Um, What else do I want to say? Oh, yes. I want to talk about the Arlong fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was... I I like that. I thought that was really cool. Like, just the... Like, Arlong's, I guess, talk at him. Where he's just like, you can't beat me, boy. And like his his whole attitude. But then the fight itself, just like smacking him around and Arlong not really, like regrowing his teeth after they're knocked out. That was cool. Yeah, there's a lot that I really liked about that fight. The regrowing the teeth, like I feel that's a really great way of showing to a player what you've got is not enough against this guy. Like, that's just easy shorthand of going, yeah, you knocked his teeth out and they fucking regrow. What are you going to do now? You can keep doing it. He's going to keep regrowing them. Yeah. And it's like, here's some solution. Or start coming up with other ways to beat him, which of course were bring the entire temple down on top of him. Um, that was really clever. I really mm. like that. Mm. Um, I think that's difficult to implement into a yeah. D&D game. Yeah. Um, cause it relies on either your, cause it's a clever solution, but it's a clever solution that you want your players to come up with. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you're kind of feeding it to them. You know what I mean? Like it's a pre-planned sort of solution. So it doesn't really, it's not organic. Well, I'm wondering if this is a case of yes. And like it's, they've come up with Arlong cannot be defeated through regular means but if they come up with something else that sounds cool let's go with that like they've got they've just said hey look you punch him and he regrows everything like oh shit what do we do what if we knock down the building on him yeah how are you gonna do that all right well what are the pillars like well they're kind of like this can i knock them down yeah see my i think it's if you're kind of opening with oh he's regrowing his teeth basically you're not gonna be able to kill him I think mm. that kind of puts the players in a box a little bit. Because um, you're kind of forcing them to come up with something. But then they might yes. not. Because players are idiots. Players are idiots. But then what do they do if they can't come up with something? Do they run? I guess they could. But is that like Do satisfying? they just keep hitting? Yeah. Is that yeah. like a rewarding? It's not. But then they can think of other ways. They can research into how do you kill him? So I feel like this was a very open-ended story, but it is running on the rules of yes and. Like okay, yeah. the the game masters is quite happy to let Luffy's player come up with a random thing and go, yeah, that works. Why not? Okay, sure. <laughs> if we saw this when he was like, Grandpa, seeing Garp, and it's like, shit, backstory, quick. Yeah, yeah, he's your grandfather. <laughs> that all makes sense. Why not? 
And he's not, that's why he's not killing you. He's just, yeah. he's just testing you. Yeah, it all makes sense now, right? Uh, no, I think that, that works. Because I do, I did have a adventure. I'd been building this for a while. It was essentially like there was a big um, golem in the middle of a, a room. And every time it stamped, the floor would start to fall. Like different sections would fall. And I'd just roll randomly for where it would be. But while that was happening, air elementals and a, a djinn would attack the party. So it was about... I had set it up as you have to defeat the air elementals and the djinn before you fall through to like the drop below. The party immediately saw this goal and went, cool, we've got to kill that. Because that's the thing that's making the ground floor. Of course, yeah, of course. And I hadn't even thought about that. I had decided that the golem was indestructible. Um, but once I started attacking, like, oh, you've you've invested this now. Do you see this as a solution? Great, that's the solution then. You make him tractable. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I don't think that's the word. Structable. No, that's definitely right. Tractable. Just ugly. we like English. English, good word. We talk now. Um, one of the other things I liked, uh, also just a note on like power levels again. Going back to like yeah. Luffy yeah. and Arlong, shows that I yeah. keep forgetting how strong Garp is. That's all. And fair. Although Garp's I guess, fucking... oh, because yeah, Luffy didn't beat Arlong head to head, but he, he did. definitely did more against Arlong than he did against Garp. Well, is that? Is that because of strength or is that because of experience and skill? Like, Arlong never struck me as someone who was skillful. He's brute force with simple cunning. Yeah. So he he's quite happy to take hits because he knows he can take them. So he hasn't actually learned to dodge out of the way that often. Whereas Garp knows when a punch is coming and he knows how to respond to it. And he stayed alive because he might not be that strong, but he knows how to punch. Sure. Arlong's more of a barbarian with yeah. who just like takes the hits and then yeah, Garp is sure. like has a higher AC. Like Yeah, I'd say Garp's a fighter. That's what I was with, thinking, um, yeah. Yeah, with a high AC. Or a high Dex fighter, maybe. Nah, he's not a Dex fighter. No, he's a strength fighter. It's all the steak he eats. That's how you get. No one eats that much steak powerful. as a Dex fighter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you spend a lot of time just sitting if you eat that much meat. Um, anyway, you were talking about power levels. Sorry. Um, no, that was about it. One of the things I did like as well about um, the there was like the one of the things I liked about the Usopp that little fight um, is how yeah. is having enemies that are like a reflection of the player characters and their mm. skill sets and specialties. Yeah, I agree with that. I love that idea because it was very... You saw Usopp with the little slingshot then you had the guy who fires back at him. So that was... Or vice versa, I guess. Yeah, it's like that's his thing. It was a good way of doing it, yeah. And then you pit them against each other. Whereas... Okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense that the, the brawlers, the two melee people were in that massive combat and then the person who needs to think their way out was Luffy. What, what, did we decide thought, a class? It? Did we decide for a class for Luffy? Yeah. I said he was a monk. I think. Because he punches things. I'm going to go back and check my I notes. guess that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I said monk, but I feel that now now that we have um what's his face? Sanji. Sanji is very clearly a monk. Yeah. Luffy's very like tough though. Yeah. But you could put him in the, the barbarian class. I think he just doesn't look like it, but yeah, I think he is very tough. And he is very strong as well. He's a strength character. Like Yeah. Yeah, I think he's tough and strong. Well, he's rubber. Rubber, tough and strong. Yeah, oh my god, exactly. I want that as a barbarian now. Where instead of a rage, you just get like this rictus grin on your face as you start smashing things <laughs> and shouting out your finishing moves. That'd be fantastic. I love it. Um, gum, gum, what? yep. Gum, gum, something. Gum, gum, slingshot. Gum, gum, rocket. That's what he used. Yeah. I love that his gum, gum, rocket didn't work as well. Oh, got, I liked his, like, his axe. His axe kick was... I like that one. Oh, is, oh, this is the end one. Yeah, axe kick was pretty cool. Yeah. Now, that's a, something that I wanted to use. That using the environment... Like, that's partly what I was talking about when they have to find a solution to beat, the, beat Arlong without, you know, using... Like, just smacking him with a stick. But that idea of... Well, you've got this environment. What is the environment like? What can we use against this person? But also what damage does it do when I throw him through a wall? Like, how do I bring a, a building down? Or like really getting into, yeah. like that to me is a lot more immersive than I hit them, I hit them again. Like even the oh, descriptions of yeah. you swing around the back and then you'd stab them in the knee, that kind of thing. That's really fun. But adding in, and the crowd cheers and like you can hear the roar and the sand and the dust around you. Like that's feels oh so much more evocative to me. Like that makes it feel like you're in a actual environment rather than just there are buttons to push. There's not like a glowing hit this hit the middle of his stomach to to cause the wounds. Now speaking of um, smacking people through the floor, I want to bring up the Marvel Multiverse RPG oh, because sure. of reasons. Um, um, I was going to say the environment as well, even just for the other fight the other part of the fight was really good. Uh, like the pool with the little stepping stones and stuff like that. Oh yes. And, that was cool and too. And you had like the high ground, you know, like the high ground fighting. And then even like Zoro kind of ran up the wall a little bit just to like get a little hit in before coming down and all that sort of yes. stuff. Yes. That was really cool. I want more movement and environment stuff in combat like that, where if it's in a forest, you're dodging between trees or like you've got those stepping stones and you don't want to fall in the water because the fishmen are stronger there or something. Like that was, that was cool. And I liked that the fishman went into the water. I know. With his fishman karate, which involved swimming really fast and then smashing things. That's karate, right? No? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, he's just like a... He's, all the time, when he just jumped into the water like that, I was like, this is just a discount Namor. Like... Look, everyone is a discount Namor, really. Like, you, Namor... Namor's, Namor's a iconic. Namor. Namor is a discount Namor. It's like, put some pants on and go away, dude. He's uh, a... <laughs> sometimes you just don't want Namor around. There's a, what is it in Rick and Morty? Mr. Nimbits or something? Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the clear Namor ripoff, who is still very much more Namor than any Namor we've ever seen on screen. Anyway, I realize I, when I you say Namor, Namor a lot of times, 
in a row. It's Namor, Namor, Namor. Yeah. Are you high right now? Is that the problem? Okay. No. Um, <laughs> no, I was talking about them up. Speaking of Marvel and Namor, um, they have rules for when you smash someone through a building. Uh, for for how much damage you do and how much damage it like reflects, and it's really quite good that it's hey you do two hundred points of damage and you knock them back and they hit the wall the wall's got fifty points of damage so you go through it because you took more damage than that and then you keep going until you hit another wall and if that wall's got another fifty points you go through that one and you keep going until there's not enough walls to um to oh sorry there's more walls than damage as it were. And that, I really like the look at, particularly where you come to something like smacking them through the floor like like Luffy did. Because it is like suddenly you just got that absolute power of smacking him down and seeing the whole place crumble around you. It feels like a hero moment. And it's nice to have some sort of mechanics in that. I feel like I could easily do that, that, that cool. in D&D yeah. too. Like that's an easy way of going, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. So easy, you- yeah. Yeah, like you knock them into the into the bricks. Yeah, it knocks it down. You don't have to think about well, how much damage do they take? It's like they've already taken the damage. That was part of the hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, again, using the environment, it feels to me also like something like Injustice or Mortal Kombat, like the actual the fight games where you could move from location to location during the fights, like with special moves. Oh yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like D&D, that's a tricky one if you use minis and you use maps because you've got to suddenly come up with a new one or move it around. But I feel like if you're just doing theater of the mind, it's so much easier. Like you can just go, yeah, and this this place has like a little grotto beneath it. So if you knock him through the floor, you're fighting in the grotto now. Yeah, theater of the mind is a lot more flexible for a lot of things like that. Yeah. Um, theater of the fix being flexible. Let's talk about Luffy and the fact that he finally got a got a um a bounty. Ah, my good thirty boy, million yes. seems to be quite a lot. I'm thinking now that if he's got thirty million, and Arlong was like what fifteen million or twenty million or something. Yeah, I think so. Like I don't. Well, obviously, he's saying it's the highest in the East, East Blue or whatever. I feel like the others weren't that terrifying then. <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> like um, if Luffy, who's done nothing, is worth thirty million. But I, I don't know. Like it's who's setting the bounty, right? Is that just Garp, kind of like? No, because it was Nazumi. Nepotism? Nazumi said it. They mentioned it's oh. the last actor revenge oh, from right. it. Because apparently he's maybe like he a big villain. Maybe, maybe it's personal, like. But Luffy didn't do anything to Nazumi. It was all Nami. Uh, Nazumi's just a bad marine. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I feel that's it. He was like, "No, I am so angry at you because you you ruined my life for some reason." <laughs> so um, Nazumi- I still don't really get that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get that guy either. What's the deal? What's the what's the deal with the Zumi? I would love it if that became a regular segment. Just what's the deal with Nazumi? Uh, But as soon as as soon as he saw the the wanted potion, he's like, "That's all I've ever all I've ever dreamed of is to be wanted." I'm like, "Why? Because your parents didn't?" Yeah. 
You like, know what that... happened to Luffy's parents, right? We d- I have a feeling that Shanks is his dad. No, wait. Shanks is his uncle. I think Shanks is his uncle and the dude at the very start was his dad, the one that Garp killed or had killed. Well, they didn't really... Oh, the Gold Roger. Yeah, Gold Roger, who the One Piece belongs to. I reckon oh. that's why Luffy's like, no, I'm going to be the king of the pirates. I mean, they, don't, they didn't really go further into the relationship or the history of Garp and Luffy. Like, how do they actually mm. know each other? Because and... Zeph did say that Luffy reminded him of Gold Roger. Yeah. But that doesn't mean any... Like, I... That's just... For, my... that's just setting it up that's just being epic you know like i don't know my foreshadow brain and my trope brain's like nope that means because he's because he's his son that's definitely his son then that's how it I works think even if he wasn't even if he wasn't you'd still say that though i would yeah yeah because he, he is he does seems to have that charisma and the belief in piracy that riz yeah that riz that's really what they put the bounty on it's uh it's not actually berries it's a level of riz Berries is what they should be calling it. Berries? Berries. Berries. I didn't work hard for that one, but I'm so happy for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got. A, I've just found a note here. Because the episode opened with uh, Coco Village just burning to the ground. Yeah. And my note just says, bold of Nami to let the DM know she had a backstory. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Which, it does kind of feel like everyone else they've had their little backstory trauma, but no, 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 no. You let him. You let the game master know there was a village to play with. <laughs> I saw a TikTok where it was like dungeon master. Someone comes up with a character. And he's like, oh no, it's a fire genasi. He's like, all right, cool. I guess it's a good idea. And his hair is always on fire. And people used to make fun of him in his village. It's like, oh yeah, was the village on fire as well? No, why would it be? Well, because you told me about it. <laughs> like you wouldn't have told me that he came from a village if you didn't want to burn down yeah exactly that's what it's for yo um and last thing that i've got on my notes um buggy how do we feel about buggy now that he's got his body back he flipped them the bird and got out of there he's gonna he's gonna return Oh, of Buggy course. is a and goblin. Buggy is he is the go- Buggy is the first goblin you fight. Yeah, Buggy's the adopted goblin of the party. But I just, I just love that they're like, don't double crosses. And he's like, okay, cool, double birds. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. That's that's fucking epic. I would have done that to a party as well. <laughs> like, nope, you let me run away. So yeah, I'm going to show up later, and you might kill me. You might not. Uh, he's still the only other like devil fruit guy that they've like directly come up against at least explicitly as well yeah i really thought there was going to be more i thought every pirate captain was going to be one i thought it was as well um and it makes Mm. me wonder as well like obviously it's hinted at for other characters but then it's like for garp or like mihawk or whatever they're just like really really strong without the devil fruit you know yeah well mihawk is a vampire so that explains that potentially <laughs> and a vampire who just carries around a lot of crosses yeah he's an anti-vampire or like a reverse vampire he can only he come out during the day yeah yeah i i love reverse vampires because they go to bed at night and they just sleep through the night that's it they're terrified of the dark they don't drink blood 
It's like, yeah, reverse vampire. We're all reverse vampires. Uh, um, anything else you wanted to talk about in this episode? Or can we, do we want to go on to um, our dungeon master character? I just liked, sometimes I just write little quotes that I like. And there was one when they were fighting, Zoro and Sanji were fighting. And they have Flirting, really good yes. banter back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was something about like, like I think Sanji took a hit or whatever. And it's like, oh, I've been kicked harder before. And That's so right. Just like, Zeph was mean, mean to you, boohoo. Like, yeah, I love that one. That's right. Zeph, Zeph kicked me harder when I found when he found an eggshell in the in the um, pavlova yeah. creme brulee or something. something it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Your dad was mean to you. No one cares. <laughs> Remind me of um, Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's like, oh, I know it's mean. Yeah, yeah. Don't be shocked. No, I love those two. I. All right, here's my ship. I often have ships. And since there's pirates in this, I'm going to say, I'm going to go for the first thruple ship. I think it's the first one. I don't think I've done it in any other ones, but Sanji, Zoro, uh, Nami. Honestly, I'd be down for it. Yeah, I can see it. They seem like they're a good little found family. Whereas Luffy's asexual, so. Yeah. Yeah. Despite what fanfic would have you believe. Um, so Usopp is we just don't talk about Usopp. No, we don't talk about Usopp. We don't talk about Usopp. Uh, why? What is with my brain? So, Dungeon Master, that's you, um, or a character who would be a Dungeon yes. Master, uh, which is Garp. What do you reckon a, a, ga- a dungeon or adventure made by Garp? What's Garp like behind the screen? I reckon he'd be pretty good as a Dungeon Master, actually. I think yeah. going back to that um, that episode where he was playing the... I forget the name of the game, but that, like, checkers-y it's type Go. game. Yeah. When he was playing Go or against stones. Kobe. Yeah. Stones? Yeah, in Wheel of Time, it's called Stones. Oh, sure. Um, I think he'd put a lot of effort into, like, designing dungeons really well and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that he would... I feel that he'd have um, very intense dungeons. Like, it really would test your character build. It would really have how... Um, like, what what's your purpose? Like, you really want to play this? Well, here's a problem that's going to be really test everything you've set up. And it's beatable. But I want to make sure you're really committed to it. Like, you're not just going to multi-class out of it. Yeah, he doesn't hold back any punches or anything yeah yeah it's like it doesn't kill you like but maybe it doesn't kill you it's like there's a pretty good chance it could kill you i think he plans it well enough where that's not it's not as much of a danger yeah i feel that he's got a very well planned tenacious one as well it just it keeps coming it's got that bulldog bulldog feel but he's still like kind of kind enough he's like understanding enough as well you know He'll go with some shenanigans and... Yeah. He's... I'm thinking all those times he laughs when Luffy, like, not beats him, but, like, does something he likes. It's that, I'm going to go with shenanigans. I'm going to lean into them. But only when it's it's useful. It's useful for the plot or you're proving what you, you're like, I guess. Does that make sense? Should I just repeat myself? Yeah. <laughs> Like it's it's purposeful. It's not 
he's not just like a blanket say yes to everything, right? No, no. He's not a blanket say yes. He wants he wants the party to win and have fun. I think that's what it is, what I'm trying to say. I think he'd be a great dungeon master. I think he'd be yeah. like harsh but fair, like yeah. Yeah. He's very much rules as written, I think, as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but actually, he's all You reckon? Because he he does like well he's like as a marine, you know, stuff dealing with Mihawk, you know, Kobe's world has come crashing down because of that. That's true. Well, I'm thinking that's why he'd make a great game master because rules is written. Like, you're the players. You need to follow those rules. I'm the game master. I don't. I think that's the yeah. type of person he is. I think he'd be great either way. He would. He would be amazing. So, um, I don't know what... What kind of what kind of dungeon do you reckon he does? What kind of monster do you reckon he uses? I reckon doppelgangers. Lots of doppelgangers. No, it'd be like interesting combat mechanics and stuff. It'd be more like... That's what I think. I think it'd be more tactical. I think he'd have good environmental stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think he would really... He'd have a lot of chases as well, I think. He'd like have someone who was always... And always threatening you. Ship combat, yeah. But no, I think he'd always have someone who's a significant threat and is always kind of right there. Like, you, you can't take a moment's rest. That's the sort of sort of dungeon he runs. Yeah, he won't let you take a long rest in the dungeon. No, you've got to really... You've got to outsmart him or find a way to avoid it. Like, not outsmart him. You've got to... If you find a room, you've really got to barricade it. You've got to make sure there's, like, no secret entrances. You've got to make sure there's no way of fire getting out because he'll have thought of everything. Yeah. He's an over-prepper. He is. And I think that's just natural to him. Wonderful. Yeah. I really like this this, um, character as Game Master. This is fun. (laughs) Someone make a jingle for us. Let's let's deep that. Uh, All right. Well, that's it for... um, for One Piece. That was the finale. Um, How would you rate I it was... overall? Out of 10 or out of 5? Uh, both. Uh, I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10 and a 3.5 out of 5. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's how yeah, it works, I, right? I think like a 3 out of 5 for me and like a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. There were a couple of flaws. Sometimes it it didn't quite land. Uh, but I think no, it's overall just it was good. Awkward awkwardness of like anime yeah. to live action is yeah. always going to be some stuff that's a little yeah problematic. Uh, which we will talk about next week in our wrap up episode. Um, so if you're interested in listening to that, um, tune in. Uh, so. If, Subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Stay safe. Be kind to yourselves. All those usual things. I've done. I'm going to have to do that one again. Uh, so you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Um, Spotify, all the usual locations. Um, unless I change the name of the podcast, so it's easier to SEO sort of stuff. But you know what it is. It's DNDNTVPOD. Oh wait, that's the Instagram. That's at DNDNTVPOD. Or you can send questions for us to answer next week on the what do you call? the um the wrap up to dndntvpod at gmail.com uh Afif is not online because he's smart that way uh but if you want to find me you can find me on instagram as well which is t-a-l-m wait t-a-l-u-m-i-n-8-3 at 
Instagram or just Talaman at uh, Blue Sky because Blue Sky is superior. Um, what else do I need to say? We're brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne. We are going back to Fortress very soon, where you can play introduction games for Dungeons and Dragons every Sunday, uh, Fortress Emporium. You can um, come along for the mini campaigns as well, which you can book on the website. You can come along for Queens of the Quest for female and female presenting people. Just have a look on mastersofalchemy.au, all one word, uh, online, because that will give you all the information. And you can book us for private games as well, uh, which is really fun. We had a couple of good ones. I played Monster of the Week just recently as well um, for somebody's birthday. That was a great time. Uh, there was an earworm that blew people's brains out. Um, that was an interesting adventure for everyone. Um, what else do we need to talk about? I think that's it. So until next time, stay safe, be kind to yourselves, may all your hits be crits, we're going to be king of the podcasts, and hold your dinosaurs close and keep your pants down. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.